Good evening. It's working. All right. <laughs> it's great to see everybody here. I'm going to be down here on the floor because I want to be close. The, the idea tonight is not for me to preach all long sermon, though I'd love to. It's to say thank you. And I want to tell you why you should be thanked. And we're going to, we'll have a little bit of scripture. We'll talk a little bit about it. In fact, for you, something for you to think about as we go through this. If you look in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40, it says there were 3,000 people that were baptized that day. And there's a reason that they were baptized. There's a reason that we don't see those kinds of numbers today. In fact, there's a reason that you don't see those kind of numbers anywhere else in the, in the Bible as far as being converted. Now, interestingly enough, there is a parallel, but the parallel is actually when the law was given, 3,000 people died when the law of Moses was given. Remember how that Moses was on the mountain and came down and they were, they were playing and they were worshiping gods already and so Moses called for those who stood with God and, and the people of Levi came and he, sa- he said, turn around and walk straight and kill everyone in front of you. And 3,000 people died when they get in the giving of the law. 3,000 people were saved in the giving of the law of Christ. It's not a, it's not a coincidence of irony. It's, it's incredible what God did, but... 3,000 people were saved, and, and Peter's sermon was a great sermon, is a great illustration of what gospel preaching is all about. But Peter's, Peter's sermon was not the reason that 3,000 people were saved. It's not because Peter was such a fantastic speaker. It wasn't because of the miracles. In fact, Peter spoke more than once, and he had miracles more than once, and not that many people came the next times either. And even with Paul speaking in the things like this. So uh, there, there is a reason, and I want you to, we're going to talk about that in, in a little bit, why it is that that happened and how we could have anywhere near those kinds of numbers today. I think all of us would love it. Uh, we only have one chance of doing that, and we're gonna, we'll, we'll discuss that. But I want to say thank you. I don't know how many years this congregation has supported the truth and love, and I'm here for the truth and love. I, I do work at the School of Preaching, Uh, And they do need support, but I'm here because the truth and love is being supported by you, and we appreciate you a lot. I want to talk a little bit about what you've done. I want to to say thank you to the elders for having the the foresight, the vision to continue to support this program, and I'll, I'll, I'll share with you why it's important. And also for you as individuals, because if you don't give then the elders have nothing to do with, have nothing to work with. And so they, they see the value in this work, and they're supporting it, and you see the value in it, evidently, because you're continuing to support us as well. Uh, and I realize you support other things as, too, but I'm being selfish. I'm talking about me. So we, I want to thank you. Um, the way it works right now with uh, The Truth and Love, we have 17 stations that we send this program to including the GBN, which goes all over the world, Gospel Broadcasting Network. Uh, we're in 17 different markets, and we just opened up. In fact, there's, next week, we'll have um, our first airing in Tennessee, Nashville, and in um, Colorado Springs. And then within another month of that, more than likely, we're going to be moving up into uh, Denver. Uh, so we're expanding, we're growing, we're going into different areas. We've been in, last year I think we opened up four new markets, and one of them is Ohio, we, uh, 
we're covering a pretty large area there, and New Mexico, which I just spent a, lot, a week, a couple weeks ago, driving around the state uh, trying to raise funds for that because we, we had an interesting situation. We had a congregation in, um, where were they from? Uh, Texarkana, no, Hope, Arkansas. They sent us a check for $5,000 and said, do something with it. <laughs> I said, okay. So we went out and looked, and we found New Mexico. We, we put it in, uh, in the middle of New Mexico, and it covers 80%, 90% almost of the state. Uh, huge area, almost a million households covered by this. And, and they fully funded it for about a year. So it was incredible. We, and so we, we just put it on up there, and then uh, I just went around saying, hey, it's on. Would you like to support it now? Uh, and so we, we're, we're looking into that, and it looks like we're going to be able to fund it fairly well, so we don't have to pull out. Uh, but there was a congregation um, near Tulsa, a smaller congregation, uh, smaller than, than you guys. They, they really, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention another program. They were what we call search only. They, they loved In Search of the Lord's Way, which I, I love too. It's a great program. We're not in competition with each other at all. But they said we, they wouldn't support any other program because they loved that program. I said, okay, fine. So, but their preacher was a graduate of Brown Trail, and he said, I don't like that. <laughs> so he, he gave them a DVD. He said, just watch it. And they watched it, and then they kept watching, and then they decided, we're going to put this on out here. They put it on there, and then they went around in the Tulsa area. Then they went around all the congregations in the Tulsa area talking about the truth and love and asking them to support the truth and love. And, and when they got supporters for it, instead of putting that money back in their pockets, they took that money and went to Joplin, Missouri, and said, we're going to open it up here. And they were there for a year, and they, they pulled out after a year, and it was, we were sweating it because nobody was supporting it at the time. And uh, the week after they pulled out, they got everyone, all the churches in the area got a letter and said, this is leaving. And that week, we had enough support to keep it on the air because people enjoy this program. It's a good, it's a good program. I'm not the speaker, so I can talk about the, the, the speaker all I want to. He's a fantastic speaker, Robert Dotson. If you haven't seen him yet, I want to encourage you, 7.30 on, on uh, Channel 21 on Sunday mornings. And you'll, you'll enjoy the lessons that he gives. He has a way of presenting things that very clearly and with balance. It is called the truth and love, and he does a very good job with it uh, in that sense. Then they, they, when they pulled out of Joplin, they put it up in, in Kansas City, Missouri. They pulled out, pulling out of Kansas City, Missouri, so we're trying to find places to there. When they went from Kansas City, then they put it into um, south of southern Colorado, and that just now is going to open up next month. So it's exciting to us. We're, we're expanding and we're growing, and it's because of congregations like you that are investing in, in, and involved in what we can see is a big picture. I think it was Franklin Camp. I was trying to remember. I've told this story many times, and I, I think it was Franklin Camp. Uh, I may be wrong about the name. It was 1800s, a, man, a speaker who would go around the countryside, and they had tent meetings back then, a lot of different times. And he would have sometimes 300 baptisms in the course of a week or two weeks or three weeks. Sometimes you know, they had long tent meetings. And he wrote in his memoirs one time that the reason for that was not because he was such a magnetic speaker. It was because for months, he said at least six months before he went anywhere, 
there were people, there were congregations, there were people in the congregations who were sitting down talking to people in the area, promoting the, the upcoming meeting, having Bible studies, talking to them about what is going to be covered, the topics that are going to be covered, how to, uh, how to read the Bible, sit down and read the Bible together, and doing a lot of groundwork. And when he came in, he said, it was just easy. I walked in and preached, and people were just coming down the aisles because they were already ready for it. And when he, he said it was like the icing on the cake. Whenever the gospel is permeating an area, things happen. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight. We need to permeate. If you look in the book of Acts, one of the secrets that you'll see about how they were so effective is because they had two fronts. They had public preaching and they had private preaching. They had public, they spoke in open places and they went from house to house. And it wasn't just the apostles that were doing this. The apostles usually had the front role. They had the, the big scene where there were lots of people around. But there are all kinds of Christians doing all kinds of work studying with people. An example of that is in Acts chapter 8 with the, with the Ethiopian and the chariot. That wasn't a large audience, but it was important. And we see that the growth occurred not just because people were out speaking publicly, but also from house to house. They were working. And they're putting things together. And so we have to look at it. We all know what it takes to do personal evangelism. We're trying to reach out, and, and yes, I, I agree 100%. Times are tough, aren't they? It's really hard to find people who are interested. But they're there. They're out there. And a lot of people don't even realize that they need God right now, but they know they're missing something. They know that they need something. They can't put their finger exactly on what it is, and we can find ways to help them see that. But how is it that we can preach publicly today? You couldn't go to the market square and do this like they did before. You know, try going to Walmart and standing in the aisle and preaching. How long would that last? I have, honestly, I haven't tried it. I'm thinking, though, you got probably three or four minutes before they start escorting you out. Uh, unless you're holding up a sign protesting, and then that would be different, maybe. But uh, you're not going to have that much success. Uh, I had a friend, and he's a... He's a good man, but he had a strange idea. He, he would preach at cars as they were driving by. Now, there's nothing wrong with that except they drive by with their windows up and the radio on, and they can't hear you. In, even if they could hear you, you have one-eighth of a second to get the gospel in the window. He was thinking, well, at the very least, they'll hear something, and he's doing his job. Well, I'm not going to criticize him and say that that was wrong, but I am saying maybe we can be more effective. And so what is it that we can do? We have radio, we have television, we have internet, we have all kinds of access now to things that are put, it's, a, it's both public and private. It's public in the sense it goes out to huge numbers of people and also private because when somebody turns a television on, it's between, it's them. They're watching it themselves and sometimes by themselves. We get calls and we get phone calls and letters and emails um, asking questions requesting things and a lot of ours come from elderly people in nursing homes we have a lot of people we have people in the penitentiaries that ride us every now and then uh, there are a lot of other people as well just normal people if I can put it that way but we have a lot of people requesting things in fact last year we gave out we give out DVDs I don't know if you realize that. We have, in 1983 is when this started. We have every episode except two from that time. 
everything we've ever produced. We, ha we have a catalog online of 54 pages of topics that people can have, and we give them out for free all the time. We give out DVDs, we give out CDs, we give out transcripts, of, if you just want to read through it. We also give out cassette tapes. We, we gave out over 6,000 cassette tapes last year. Believe that? <laughs> They're still asking for them, so we haven't thrown a machine away. So there, we gave out uh, 6,000. No, it, I'm sorry, that was wrong. Not 6,000. It's probably more like 600, but, but there were a lot. That's a lot for me anyway. The reason I know it's not 6,000 is because we gave totally, last year, we gave just over 10,000 things out for free. When people call in and write us, request things, they, they don't ever ask, they don't usually ask for one thing. Um, Sherry, our secretary, she will go back and she gets the uh, privilege of keeping track of what everybody orders and we, we actually keep track of who they, where they order from and if we can tell where they're from, we'll send a uh, notice, notification to the congregation near there and we'll tell them, hey, this person ordered this CD. So, you know, give them a month or give them a week or two and then just give them a call or stop by and see what they think about it. It's a great way to have outreach. But uh, every now and then I'll walk by and she's pulling her hair out and I'll, I'll look and she has a list front and back of DVDs. I used to do that to her. When I was in, going through Brown Trail, I found the truth and love and I ordered cassettes at that time and I would send a request for 20 or 30 at a time, and, and I would get them for free. Never had to pay anything for it, never had a shipping or anything. So that's something that you can take advantage of right now. And any topic just about you want to cover, it's there. Our website, ttil.tv, has a lot of information. Uh, I've been involved with this for three, about three and a half years, and everything that we've done since I started has been, is now on that website. And hopefully, the hope is that we'll be getting more, uh, all the old stuff on there too, so you can just have it as a free download. Uh, so th those are available to you as well. Whenever I talked about Franklin Camp and how he had their groundwork laid, it's important, that's an important principle. You know, Coca-Cola is an example of that. Coca-Cola, whenever, if you look at their, their advertising expenditures, Whenever the market goes down, further the market goes down, the more money they pay for advertising. It's always that way with them. They don't believe that advertising costs anything. They believe that it costs if you don't. That it pays for itself, and it does. And, and I realize that we are not marketing and we're not advertising, but in a sense, we're having the same kind of thing. When, when we recognize the fact that there are cycles in reality, there are cycles of how things work, then we start to understand the wisdom of this. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes says there's time for everything, right? And right now, we are at a time of decline. We're, as far as religion as a whole, as far as Christianity as a whole in the generic sense, it's on the decline. Uh, the church is suffering in a lot of places, uh, and everybody's feeling the pinch to some degree. But it's easy for us then to, take a, to step back and say, well, see, now, now we need to cut back. Now, is it, see, we're in, we're in decline, as I've already said the word several times. And actually, what we're seeing is a cycle. It, it's going to work out this way. Whenever you are in this time, 
you're not seeing a lot of harvest. And the reason is because it's not a time of harvest. If it's not a time of harvest, it's a time of planting. If you don't plant now, you won't have a harvest later. So that's the way it works. And any time we see a lack of harvest, it's because the times have changed. And the times now are not for harvesting, they're for planting. Now if you look at the New Testament, you look at the time that John the Baptist came on the scene, that was a time of harvesting. That was a time when things were just ripe. Everything was just ready. It was the perfect time in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. When, when everything was ready, Jesus stepped onto the scene, and he was introduced by the perfect man, John the Baptist. And when he stood up to, to speak, he looked like Elijah, and he sounded like Elijah. He probably smelled like Elijah. He was, there, he was a representation of the kingdom of God in this statement that he preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It resonated. The entire countryside came out to see him. Harvest time. But it wasn't because he planted any seed. It was because seed had been planted for hundreds of years. And that gives us a hint about what we're going to look at, how they had in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40, how they had that number. And when Jesus came onto the scene, everyone was waiting for it. The, the prophecies all led up to this point. Daniel had talked about it extensively and even gave them the time frame. They knew, everyone knew from the time that they were born, they were being raised up. This is the time that the Messiah is supposed to come. This is the days of those kings that Daniel talked about in Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 or chapter 9. Because they knew it was the time of the fourth empire. And they knew that the kingdom of God was going to be established and they were ready for it. Now, they had misunderstandings about what that was going to be, but they were ready. It was a time of harvest. The seed had been planted and nurtured. And when it came to fruition, we had this huge explosion. It really went around the world. Now, if you look in, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40, we see that number. But I want you to notice, if you look in Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15 verse 21 the reason, the reason for the explosion was not because people were doing miracles. That helped. It was not because they had such dynamic speakers. It was because of this right here. For Moses has had, has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. The word of God permeated the areas. The Jews actually... And the dispersion, whenever the synagogues were created, no, they didn't have everyone following the law of Moses, but they were an influence in all the cities that they were in where they lived. The Word of God permeated the area because people were talking about the Word of God. They read it every Saturday in the, on their Sabbaths. And when Jesus stepped onto the scene, and when, Peter, when John the Baptist stepped onto the scene, and he started talking about talking as if he were Elijah... And Jesus said, he is the Elijah to come. Everyone knew the reference. Everyone knew the connection and what it meant. And when Jesus was, was speaking to the people, they understood how he fit. In fact, they had a lot of debates about whether or not it was actually, he was actually uh, fulfilling the prophecies or not. But we know he did. Matthew points that out a lot. And it was fulfilled according to, according to the Scriptures. And then Acts chapter 2, whenever Peter preached this great sermon, and we don't have time to go through it, but look through there and look at all the references that are made to the Old Testament, all the scriptures that are quoted. And it wasn't because he was just quoting scripture to make a point. 
every person in that audience knew what he was saying. They understood what he was saying, and they'd never put it together like he explained it to them. They put it together, the light bulb came on and said, wow, I never saw it like that before, and it was a time of harvest. But it couldn't have been that way except for people who had been studying it for generations. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to put some effort in now to have fruit later, much later even. But we live in a time when if we're going to have any fruit in the future, we've got to plant now. Now's the time, not later. If we want to see a harvest, if we want to see anywhere near this kind of number of 3,000, and I'm not saying that we could. I'm simply saying if we want to even get close to that, we're going to have to do a good job of permeating the area where we are, teaching God's Word. And one way that we can do that is publicly. And that's why I thank you for helping support the truth and love. I realize we're not the only program out there, and I'm glad for it. There are a lot of good things out there right now. If we will take advantage of them, we can, there's no telling what we can do. A good example of that would be when you're on Facebook. If you're on Facebook and you see something from the truth and love, if you'll like it or you'll just share it, just every now and then, you're going to make an impact. People are going to see it. And no telling what can come from that. Uh, that's why I'm so excited about being a part of that. And I realize times change. I realize that eventually television is gonna, television actually is changing right now. And we're trying to figure out how to keep up with the times, that kind of thing. But where we are right now and what we're doing is important. And it's not time to ditch stations yet. because We're, we're a long way from it. One day we may have to look at it and say, you know, I don't want to be part of KDFI anymore. We need to do something different. But we're not at that point yet. We're still at a point where a lot of people are watching this program, and a lot of people are. I want to read some of the responses that we get uh, just to illustrate some of the, the letters. Uh, these are letters that our secretary got, has gotten, and I have, uh, I've gotten a lot of questions, too, that I don't have written down here, but um, there, we do get quite a good quite a few questions. We have an a email address, askus at ttil.tv, and I'm, it's growing more and more. People are starting to ask questions. And some of them are really basic, and some of them are really tough. So I'm having to dig and search some of them. Uh, this is one from Yukon, uh, Oklahoma. I love your preacher. He's so good and, inf and so informative. Uh, Juneau, Alaska. Just a note to let you know that my mother is a shut-in, age 102. Wow and enjoys your program every Sunday. My husband and I are usually meeting with our fellow Christians during time period uh, of your program is on TV. I did record the ones on the end times. It was very good, and we would like a copy. Pittsburgh, Kansas says, I'm calling to say I really and truly enjoy your teachings, and I watch you in Pittsburgh. I regret that I'm not wealthy enough to tithe for you, but I appreciate what you're doing, and I watch you just as faithfully as I can. Thank you for your teachings and understanding of reaching out to others. May God bless you. Now, <clears throat> there's no indication here that person didn't say anything about himself, but the language there shows you that he probably is not a New Testament Christian. He's talking about tithing. And by the way, we've never, ever asked for money on that program. They had it already in their head that, hey, I should be tithing to this program. We don't ask for it, but non-Christians are watching this program. Garland I just gave my life to Jesus. My family's not interested in the Lord. That's all he said. Well, I don't know what that means, but it shows you that people, uh, maybe not even a Christian, but he is 
interested in. Here's one from Michigan. I'm sending contribution, and, and I am a member of the Church of Christ in Ohio. I'm teaching a young lady where I exercise. I would like to request two DVDs. I love your program. As I understand it, he's using these DVDs to help teach the gospel. We have that happen a lot. Um, people take a DVD and just give it to someone. It's a great way to evangelize. You find something they're interested in, they're talking about it one day, hey, I'm, here's a lesson on the Holy Spirit, or a package of lessons on the Holy Spirit, as it usually turns out to be. Um, another one from Michigan. I'm sending a contribution. Oh, that's the one I just said. Uh, Alvarado, Texas. I enjoyed so very much your program on Sunday mornings. The lessons and the end times have been excellent. I have a friend who is very confused about these matters, so I'd appreciate it if, if I could have a copy of all the lessons on the subject. There was about 10 of them, I think. To share with him, the thousand-year reign is an especially hard subject for him. Thank you so much, and thank Brother Dodson for the excellent job he's doing. Um, Weatherford, Texas. The sermon series on prophecy is the best series I've ever followed. There are more scripture and historical references than I can count, which have answered questions and clarified how to answer others with the truth found in the entire Word of God. Oklahoma City, my call is just to thank you for your program. I watched it for the first time this morning. I'm in Oklahoma City and a member of the church. I was very impressed by the presentation. That actually, uh, we haven't been on in Oklahoma City very long. Another one from Weatherford. My landlord listened to the first two lessons in the prophecy series and wants to listen to the others. He's 83, has been preaching in a non-denominational church, since 1953, and he said he learned something new. <laughs> That's what we want to hear, right? And there are others. Um, those are just a, a sample of what we have. And there are a lot of people who watch the program, and so I, I appreciate you um, being a part of that. And by the way, I'm going to put this pitch out there. If you are interested, if you're detail-oriented a little bit uh, and can take a little bit of instruction, and you want to help with the program, we'd love to have you help. If you, want to, if you can make the drive up there, you can help with recording, you can help with editing, you can help with the other processes that we're a part of. Uh, we have right now about eight different volunteers that are helping out with different things, so feel free. If you would like to come and take a tour of the studio, it's very small, but I'll show you around. It'll take uh, all of 30 seconds. And then um, uh, I may take you out to lunch. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, uh, come out and see us. It, it would be great because this, this is part of what you're doing. Generally speaking, the way it works is Brown Trail pays my salary. And the salary, a little, they give uh, Robert a little bit of money for the, what he does and also a secretary. And <clears throat> then all the congregations support the program in the area. So your money doesn't go to support me. Your money actually goes to the, the, the broadcast, to the program here in KDFI. And uh, KDFI is a large area, 3.5 million people is generally what we're, we, we can reach. Now 3.5 million people don't watch it, I wish they did, but they don't yet. Uh, one day, but in order to do that, we, we have, it, it takes quite a bit of money. In fact, it takes about $1,200 a week put the program on. So we have a lot of congregations in the area that are helping just a little bit at a time. And we greatly appreciate that. And you guys have been helping quite a bit, so we we're definitely thank you for that. Um, but the gospel is there for all of us to take and to reach out to people in the world. And it takes, it takes effort. 
And it takes patience. It takes planting seed and watering the seed <laughs> and diligently continuing on in the work. And this is part of that. We all have a part to play. And you're playing that by supporting this and also by promoting it, uh, tell, <clears throat> excuse me, telling your friends or family about it, letting people know that it's there. One of my main jobs is, is to go and to, to encourage people to watch the program. We have it on at 7.30, and some people have said, well, why, you need to have it on later. It's kind of a catch-22. I agree. I wish we could have it on later. 